0: netcasts you love
1: from people you trust
0: this, this is twig bandwidth for this week in google is provided by cashfly c-a-c-h-e-f-l-y dot this is twig this week in google episode 88 for march 30th 2011 my Cloud Girlfriend. This Week in Google is brought to you by go to Assist Express. If you're in tech support, solve problems fast with the leader in remote support software. Go to Assist Express for a free 30-day trial. Visit gotoassist.com slash twig. And by Squarespace.com, the fast and easy way to publish a high-quality website or blog. For a free 14-day trial, go to squarespace.com slash twig. And by MailRoute.info. MailRoute is a secure hosted service that filters virus and spam for companies of any size. Save 10% for the life of your account by visiting MailRoute.info. <laughs> it's time for Twig this week in Google. Uh, the show that covers Google and the cloud. And of course, we couldn't do it without our great panelists. Starting with Gina Trapani from San Diego, California. Greetings. Blogger How's at smarterware.org. It's great to see you. She's a Gleek. Good to see you, too. Proud to be Gleeked.
2: Oh, yes, of oh course. Yes.
0: Oh, yes. And Jeff Jarvis also here. It's always good to have uh, Jeff uh, on, the, uh, on the ranch, on the reservation. His book is due out in two days, the final edit. Well, not due out, due from me. Yeah. You're due out of your hands into the hands of the ginormous no. metal machine no. that will... Do they still use hot metal? No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) They should. I want a letterpress version of your book. I'd like that, yeah. I'd like to
3: feel the type on the page. Yes.
0: Hey, we've got a Googler with us. I'm very happy to welcome the Uber tech lead for search quality and user happiness, Dan Russell. Dan, it's good Good to have you. Guten Tag. It's good (laughs) to see you too. (laughs)
1: Does the card
0: actually say Uber tech lead?
1: My card actually says Uber tech lead with the umlaut. With the search quality, search quality and user happiness. Wow, is that That doesn't? That's not even a tweet. I mean, it's just too long.
0: Right, I can barely fit it on your uh, on your graph, your lower third graphic on the video. It's stretching out. We had to uh, we had to combine concatenate search quality and user
3: happiness into a Germanic single word. And only on this show would we use concatenate in a sentence. (laughs) That's true.
2: (laughs) That's true. Why I love this show. This is a
3: smarter
0: show than your average (laughs) geek. Escapade. So, Dan, what is how do you how do you quantify user happiness, and how does search quality lead to user happiness?
1: Well, I think you know that people are pretty happy as they're searching. This is one of the reasons why Google is where it is. Um, the quality part is, you know, does the query does the query response, does the search engine results page actually contain the stuff you care about? Happiness, well, it comes from a lot of things. One thing it comes from is whether or not you get that sense of delight. So if you, for example, did Weather San Diego, you would instantly get the sort of what we call the one-box result at the top, this sort of little cartoony thing that shows you. It's that stuff that you don't anticipate. You type in something like uh, 23 euros in USD, and it converts it for you automatically. You might not have expected that, but that's a kind of delight. That's a kind of way of making people happy. We spend a lot of time and effort to make sure we do that on a constant day-to-day basis.
0: So things like the Uber Tech League, which appear to be mere whimsy, actually um – there's a philosophy behind that. It's about delighting. It's it's it's, it's it, the Google Doodles, the, uh, the, the 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 graphical elements in the search results page. All of that is really con- consciously put together to 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 create an experience for the uh, end user.
1: I, I hesitate to use deliberate and happiness in the same sentence, but yes, it, it's a very <laughs> conscious, thought out thing that we want. It's a part of our brand we want to preserve. It's interesting. Is that is that from day
0: one? Well, Jeff, you would probably know. Is that from day one?
1: I don't know, Dan. Will know better. How long have you been at Google, Dan? I've been here about five and a half years now. Uh, in Google how, terms, how do that's you an old timer. For, for a happiness job, <laughs> how do you prepare for happiness job?
3: Wow, are the drugs uh, really good out there. And who did you work for before?
0: Uh, you know, yeah. uh, uh, oh. uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, kind
1: of, kind of. I, I, I worked at Apple for ah, five years. Okay, they're experts in the uh, same thing. Yeah. I worked at Xerox Park for oh, wow. twelve years, um, and I worked at IBM.
0: Oh, well, you have quite a quite a. Uh, that was your unhappy period. Quite a pedigree. Right?
1: <laughs> it just proves I can't hold a job. What'd you do at Park? <laughs> uh, <laughs> kind of the same stuff. Uh, I was uh, uh, not a user happiness researcher there, but I did human computer interaction. Ah. The key problem at that time was we were building big hairy copiers for Xerox, right? And big hairy computer systems and all this, and we were trying to figure out how can we make that simple and easy to understand and that sort of led to a large part of the info world how do we make the graphics the computer graphics the interaction so that you can actually explore data you can understand it it led to things like the xerox stars you remember that the alto yes the alto predated that but yeah exactly how what? can we make all that stuff easy to use easy to understand gina, That's what I gina
0: just took edward tufte's class Oh excellent. I did
2: yeah. I did it was real it was really good so it it sounds like user happiness is about Google trying to anticipate and this is Jeff talks about this a lot, Google trying to anticipate what it is the user is looking for and getting that moment of like oh yeah that's that's exactly what I wanted, maybe a step you know sooner than I thought I was I thought I was going to have to click off to weather.com to get the temperature in San right. Diego, which by the way will always make you happy, but you know it's right there <laughs> it's right there on the page and sort yeah. sort of like along the lines of instant like Google instant often delights me and knows what i I, you know, make suggestions. Um, well, there's Google Suggest and then Google Instant, right? When it right. sort of knows, you know, what, where where I'm going with a with a query that has words that could have have many meanings. Right. Um,
1: so that is yeah. a, that's exactly Go right. Ahead. That's one way. If if we could read your mind in some way or sort of help to uh, presage what's coming next, that would be great. And so Instant is exactly that. It's one of those things where as you type, it's running the query in the background, and often. It will do the query and give you the results before you realize that those are the results you needed, which is fantastic. Right. And the role of suggest, as you know, is that it puts up the suggested queries that other people have made on that same topic. And often that will let you help to refine the idea. So often we'll see people either in the lab or in the field where they're trying to, to work out how to ask that question and they'll see something in the suggestion box, and they'll say, "Ah, that's it." They click on it, bang, they're done. Hmm. Yeah,
3: right, I like always say that I Google say wants it. to that Google wants to intuit your intent. Yes, and then that the god of Google is relevance, and you know those who act like relevance is um, just. It is, it's just randomness. You know, I say that it's, it's not. Serendipity is unexpected relevance. So I didn't expect yeah. that I would like this or know this or need this. I still yeah. want to get back to the measurement thing, Dan. So when, yes. you, when you invent something new and crazy like, I don't know, oh, plus one. Um, how, <laughs> Which how we're going to talk about in a sec. I know. Yeah. Um, I wanted to say it first. Uh, <laughs> so how, that's not like doing an A-B test.
1: You know, right. how, how do you test that? For something like Plus One, uh, we do dogfooding to begin with. And so we, we build out the, the prototypes, we then deploy it internally and do an extensive series of sort of, gee, how did you like it? Asking uh, all the Googlers we know, sort of checking it that way. So we get a ground truth check very early on. The other thing we often do, we'll do, um, we'll do lab studies where we will bring people in, NDA them, see if they can understand what that's all about. So we do like a combination. of <laughs> yes. Uh, we'll bring them in and and have them do some tasks and try to recreate as real an experience and watch how they use it. We also watch the ways in which they don't use it. So we're also trying to measure their uh, level of non-understanding or unhappiness. So it strikes me
0: this is a, there's a fine line between love and hate. and Sometimes by attempting to do too much, uh, you can actually peeve people yeah. off. And right. I think there's a little bit of a drawback to testing it on Googlers. I think that this yes. is one of the criticisms that Witness Google laws. often gets is that uh, the in-house yep. tested stuff often Googlers are not, are not like you and me.
2: They are not representative actually, of the general population. You know what? They
0: probably right. are like Gina and Jeff and me, but they're not like <laughs> real people.
1: They're not like real people. That's a, yeah. that's a key idea actually. So part of my job is actually to get out of Google, get out of Silicon Valley And go other places in the country and other places in California. So uh, a couple months ago, I was in Merced, Mariposa, Eastern California, interviewing people there, seeing how they understood parts of the Google user interface, the parts of the Google experience. So you're absolutely right. If you ask uh, nine out of ten people here in the Valley, understand what a file structure is. Right. That's not true in the rest of the United States.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure I understand it, but
1: <laughs> you know, uh we've said I've we've said this a
0: lot on this show is that what Google needs is not more computer scientists but more social scientists. Yeah. yeah. It's is yeah. that kind of what you are is a is a hybrid?
1: No. <laughs> Actually, I have a PhD in artificial intelligence. <laughs> oh, well. Um, <laughs> But I was working
0: out for you. Yeah,
1: uh, I, I recovered, got better. And um, <laughs> actually, what, what really happened, the seminal experience for me was uh, being at Park and I had been working on a very fantastic total AI logic theorem proving system that would help people use this very complex copier that we would built. Right. And we did an early user study and we actually had a Nobel Prize winner come in and he was completely lost using that system. Oops. <laughs> yeah, it was. This is my uh, on the road to Ephesus moment. Uh, yeah. and, and I realized that you could have the most fantastic AI in the world, but if the interface doesn't communicate what it's about, doesn't make sense, you're lost. Yeah. So that was really the moment I sort of switched from doing AI to doing HCI. And that's when I started realizing I, I needed to understand the humanity of it and how people really thought, what they really understand, what they like, and what they don't like.
0: little side note, uh, at 4 o'clock this afternoon, we're interviewing Ray Kurzweil, another mm. AI legend. Right. Uh, right. I wonder what his road to uh, thesis was. So um, let us, uh, we're going to, what we're going to do, Dan, you're here. If, if you guys want to ask Dan some questions, we have a lot of Google news as well. Um, I guess I'll, I'll leave it to you, Gina and Jeff. Uh, you you, you want to quiz Dan some more, or uh, include him in the conversation? Let's talk about plus one, for instance. Yeah, yeah let's, let's start talk about there.
2: plus one. I'm wondering if Dan, how much Dan was uh, involved in that, and um, whether you know we should chat about it while he's let, with let, us. Yeah, let,
0: let's let's briefly discuss what it is. It sounds like you can dig Google search results, basically.
1: <laughs> yes, you can. Um, b- Basically, plus one, uh, just to let you know, I was not really involved in that. Uh, I certainly know what it is. Uh, And in calling it the sort of digification of uh, results, you know, saying that you like a particular result uh, so that, you know, shows up higher in your next next time you search for something like that. That's basically what it is. It is an effort to try to take advantage of the global network of people and what they know and try to build that in uh, a little bit more. We realize that that's an important part of our, our online experience. How can, we, how can we do something with that?
0: No, wait, does it show up? I don't see it yet on, the Google, on my Google results. Is there yeah. Yeah, a little
3: thumbs to go, up? You can sign up in, in the lab.
1: Ah,
0: okay.
2: Yeah, you have to opt into the experiment. Ah.
1: That's so that's actually a good point because we do a lot of experiments about different kinds of things. We're constantly changing the UI. I guess people know this generally, but we're constantly running hundreds and hundreds of experiments on, on live traffic. And this is one of them. In this case, you can opt into it. In many cases, we're doing things where we move things around, or change the colors, or the layout, or something. Don't
0: tell me! I know I've caught you doing that. That's true. It's true. <laughs> so you do but, it to some of the users, a subset of the users, and see what happens.
1: That's right. We do yeah. it for uh, we do a random uh, a random selection. So it's like a one percent or a five percent or something like that, and it's basically all random selection. Yeah. And so we, by that, we can tell. Whether or not with the change we've made actually is a positive change or a negative change. And that's another important aspect of what we do. So we do things like lab studies, we do field studies, and we do live traffic studies. Matt
3: Cutts says uh the the address is google.com slash slash experimental.
0: I've been trying to find it. Okay, good
3: Google dot com slash
0: experimental. Hmm. So uh how do you get metrics? Did you, are the metrics, stand on how f- f- speed? I mean, you're not watching people. You're not doing eye tracking on, on your users out there. How can you tell what kind well, of result you're getting with them?
1: We, we have a lot of, of sort of secret sauce analysis on that. So I'm not going to tell you a lot of details about that. But what we're doing basically is seeing whether or not people are successful at completing their task. Now, we don't always know what their task is but we do have measures that tell us that the experience is going well for them. It's it, in essence, we're trying to see if you're in a flow state, if it's working. Oh, f- flow. oh, flow
2: is the word. Flow is the
1: word. It, <laughs> the word. We don't exactly have a flowometer, <laughs> <laughs> but we do, we do have a uh, ways of sort of seeing whether or not things are clicking along well for you. And you're going from smoothly from thing to thing to thing. And that, so that's it is a little basic, bit of
0: timing
3: kind of sort of
1: Yeah, that's a good way of thinking about it.
3: Yeah.
1: It's, it's also me things like reminded
3: at, of my my um, urologist, but we won't go there.
0: <laughs> okay, so I turned it on now and so I see a little well, this is interesting. I see a little plus one box. Yeah. Now it is? now you know I've seen this before in, within my account I can rearrange search results. Uh mm-hmm. but this is not the same thing. This will say to whom? That this is a better result, for instance, than it, others?
1: It's basically, um, well, what we're doing right now is it's just affecting your results. But, you know, in general, you can think about, you know, we're going to be using this information to help uh, potentially change the way in which we think about uh, assessing relevance. But uh,
0: you don't have a berry button. A good news. A what? A berry button. That was what pretty much killed uh oh, 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 oh. Right. No.
2: <laughs> right, a dislike. <laughs> dislike. No dislike. Minus, minus two. That's right. yeah.
3: yeah. That's right. Is this right. No, part of the Matt cuts uh, world that is trying to find more signals of quality to improve search results?
1: <laughs> yes. Is it, this it, us helping it, Google? It, we, we're constantly looking at many many factors to improve quality. If we can figure out some, you know, that every third character, if it's a consonant, improves the quality, that's something we'll try to discover with our data mining and our experimental studies.
3: Uh, Matt also points out in the chat room that you can block results, guys, by clicking on a result and then clicking back. And there's the Chrome extension to block sites, and I presume that's more data for you as well as to what problem sites there are.
1: Right, that's right. So That's an extension you have to add, of course. Yeah, that's right. So our goal in all of this is try. how can we make the the search results increasingly relevant to you? And if we can make it more relevant to you by using a plus one signal, that's fantastic. This is all part of our our goal to make you happy. Yeah.
2: (laughs) So my... So I... I totally understand that, and I think this is cool. I think I think from from a user perspective, though, it makes me feel like I'm so confused. Like there's starring, there's bookmarking, mm-hmm. there's sharing and liking and reader. There's well, I mean, and other I services. get different
0: results depending if I'm logged in or not. You right. have to
1: be logged in for this to make any sense. Yeah, right. But when mm-hmm. I when
0: I log out, I actually get different search results. Right. Like my profile's on top when I'm logged in. When I'm not logged in, it's down towards the middle of the pack. Which right. actually is when nice. You're... It wasn't on there at all before, so I I, I appreciate you at least giving me a profile. That was Matt, not me. Yeah. Thank, <laughs> you, Matt.
3: <laughs> thank you, Matt.
0: Thank you, Matt. For a while, yep. I actually asked out. Matt about that. And for a while, Matt said, oh, you're a celebrity. We don't put your profile in search results. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Matt has, has the smoothest yeah. time. He, he's so
2: charming. <laughs> oh, he can make you feel like a rock star while basically so saying no. Oh,
1: so me and Mick Jagger,
0: we have the same issue. Thank oh, that's you. Right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Well, I think this plus one is is, is you know it's an experiment. I notice you can only do it one experiment at a time if you go to uh, that Google.com/slash/experimental. Yeah. That's kind of cool, though. There yeah, are it had, other experiments
2: It's a pretty too. big launch for a, an, an opt-in experiment, right? Because those experiments kind of update fairly fairly often, right? I, I guess I guess some get more attention than others.
1: That's right. There's there are lots of things that go absolutely nowhere. Some that take off really well, and then they get incorporated into the main main search results mechanism. And you know, so some experiments fail. If you're not failing at some experiments, you're not doing something right. You're not trying hard enough. Yes,
2: completely agree. Yeah. Completely
1: Whereas agree. Lady
0: Gaga said, "If I'm not standing in Marissa's shadow, I must be off campus." <laughs> <laughs> something. Something. It was like that, though. It was, the, it was
1: something like something, that. Something. Something like that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but it's, it's worth knowing that we we run, like, like I said, hundreds and hundreds of experiments. And I would say the vast majority of them don't work. And that's okay. But we learn something in the process. We learn things that don't work. And so we can try to design the whole experience, design the visual, affer- affordance of, visual appearance of the page, the way things flow from one property to the next. So all things start to work together to be better.
0: It's very cool, actually. I think this, I, I love seeing uh, a little bit behind the scenes of, of the process because this is such a difficult uh, a thing to do mm-hmm. uh, and so challenging. You
1: know? it, it is. And in, from my perspective as a, a researcher on this, the challenge is both at the very large end where we look at, you know, say, millions of interactions in, through logs, but also looking at the personal one-to-one kind of it, end of it. Uh, for example, uh, I've been interviewing people about how they, for example, use the advanced search page. And I, I've had people say, ick, uh, I hate mm. this. Unfortunately, that doesn't show up in logs. Right. And so part of my job is to bridge the qualitative behaviors we see in the field, the people saying ick or saying they love it, and then being able to go look for evidence elsewhere in the log behavior. So we we need an HTML5
2: element that can grab user f- you know, facial expressions when they... When they <laughs> oh, that'll be good.
0: They... <laughs> Google would like to watch you while you look at this page. <laughs> Say yes or no. You know, uh, there's also a big issue of unintended consequences because yes. Google is so big and so powerful. I'll give you an example. Amanda Hesser wrote an interesting guest uh, blog post. I think it was on TechCrunch. Uh, she's, a, she's a recipe uh, writer uh, and wrote a great cookbook for the New York Times. Um, And she pointed out that billions of recipe searches a month on Google, billions, it is simply the largest, most influential uh, arbiter of how to cook food in the world, much more so than any food blog or than Epicurious or any magazine. And she said, you know, Google recently made a change, a seemingly sensible change to the recipe search. You can constrain the search based on ingredient amount of time Mm -hmm. to cook it. and uh i think there was a third constraint but she said this has an unintended consequence people are going to make worse food because it 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 artificially promotes sites that have the manpower to put this metadata into their recipes and the the simple cooking blogs that just have great recipes are gonna are gonna be left out with this kind of thing Hmm. you must pay Hmm. attention to these kind of unintended consequences but it's very hard to
1: predict it it is um the good news about that particular thing is the microformat syntax is relatively simple to do, so the amount of manpower it takes, person power it takes, is really small. I mean, you can go in and just very quickly edit that HTML and just add yeah, it. Yeah, I Dan.
0: But that's, she also that's, points that's, out that there the, the the longest cooking time is an hour. So in, in this constraint, <laughs> yeah. she says, so yeah. let's say you want to make cassoulet. There is no cassoulet that takes less than four, four hours to make.
1: That's right. Or, or a decent loaf of bread. Right. right. Same so so
0: she found a lot of cassoulet recipes. There's a one-minute cassoulet. Right. <laughs> but it wasn't
1: cassoulet, really. Crunch, crunch, crunch.
0: And there's also SEO issues where people will, you know, artificially change the calories or the cooking yes. time, lie the, about but, the calories, things like but
1: that. But that's, you know, we have SEO for absolutely everything. I'm not surprised we have SEOs about Kcals as well. Right, right. So – but right. you know, I, I think I want to, I want to call you. It oh, was the Huffington
0: Post, by the way. I, I should just real quickly say it was not TechCrunch. This is a Huffington Post article from uh, March 24th. If you want to read it, from Amanda. Sure. the
3: microformat's problem there. It, you know, I, yeah, I agree, but I think that the Amanda's right that if you get to you know, I know a lot of food bloggers, and they're bloggers. They're not data sites. They're not going to do a
0: microformat.
3: Right. They're not. They're not going to know how to. It's hard enough for them to figure out. You know, going beyond what they do. And so it really is Google's job to format
1: for them, I would argue. Well, to the extent that we can extract that metadata and assemble it properly, we will. Um, It's largely a problem of making the parsers robust enough so that they can crawl arbitrary content and then extract the metadata and do the right thing. It's very hard. To give you another example of that, we also have this fantastic feature in search called define. So you say define colon word like define colon peruse, and we crawl the entire web looking for definitions. You know, peruse is blah, 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 blah. Right. And, you know, that's a, a kind of thing where we have unintentionally made the world's biggest dictionary as well. But what's it doing to the dictionary manufacturers? Right, it, It's right. another resource, right? It doesn't exclude them.
3: When we started Epicurious um, back in the day, back in the 90s, uh, we had, you know, thousands and thousands of recipes from Gourmet and Bon Appetit. We had the same problem then with metadata and getting them in. And um, we had them typed, honest to God, by troops of monks. Yeah. Monks are good. They have good attention to detail. The The only problem was that when you hit a certain part of the year, they had to break (laughs) off to make their (laughs) fruitcakes. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you had oh those monks—they're good. Mechanical Turk of the nineties. So they were honest to god real monks.
0: Oh, I've had those Trappist fruitcakes. Mm. Yeah.
1: Well, at least they weren't in the friar business.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you very much. He likes puns too. So I'm uh, just you know going back to uh, Amanda's article, and it's best place to go be go to her blog. Let's not give HuffPo any more credit. Food fifty two, the number 52.com. Uh, did did Google read this and 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 are is there a response? Uh, to this, I mean, obviously you can't jump to respond either. Cause then you might have other side effects.
1: No, I, I personally haven't read that blog yet, but yeah. uh, there are many, many blogs on Google and I can't read them all. I, I try to stay busy on on top of stuff, but that particular one, I don't know about. It's
0: an interesting I- indictment of, uh, of, and and, it, and I only bring it up cause it's about unintended consequences. I'm mm-hmm. sure Google with, with every intention of improving recipe search, uh, you know, made, added these three parameters, uh, What's interesting to me was also that a billion recipe searches a month uh, just shows you the power uh, that you wield –
2: I, you know, I think there's a different, I think it's kind of savvy web users know that like, you know, when if I'm looking up a word I use Define on Google a lot, but if I really want to see the whole definition, yeah. I, I click through, you know, I'll, I'll glance at Google's definitions aggregated from various sources, mm-hmm. then I'll click through. It's kind of kind of the way I deal with Wikipedia. I'll read, I'll skim Wikipedia if I just want to kind of overview, but if I really want to know the details, I click through to the sources, you know, the sure. the, 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 the the kind of the original sources. And, you know, I know that that's kind of, you know, I spent a lot of time on the web, so I've kind of figured that out, but I... I don't know. I think that, that's part. That's something that users should know about too. By the, like, by the way, Google yeah, did absolutely. respond.
0: Kavi, uh, it, who is in the, he says, "I'm the project product manager at the Google Search Quality Team, and was one of the people who helped create Recipe View." Long, thoughtful response. So Google does pay attention. Absolutely.
2: Wow, that's quite a response. Yeah, really
0: long, long, thoughtful yeah. response. Yep.
3: Yeah. You know, I also so, put up a link just now to Jonathan Stray wrote a blog post this week that got around a lot of attention on, on the editorial bias, that is, the human bias that is built into any algorithm. Yes. And it, and we yes. know it's there. We sometimes right. forget about That's that, right. but of course it's there. That's right. I mean, editorial bias in
1: everything. I was going to say there's editorial bias in everything. We tend to think of libraries as not being having a particular point of view. But in fact, every book in the library is curated. Someone had to acquire it. They had to decide to not pick out the other 10,000 books. And so libraries have a bias as well. In fact, it's much smaller than the corpus that we operate under. You're right. Right. David Weinberger
3: does a great spiel on that, uh, yeah. the co-author of the Cloutre Manifesto that goes through Dewey and says there, yes, there's you know, a bias like there? hundred right. numbers for, for Christianity right. and like two for Judaism and right. one number right. for everything right. else in the world. Right. That's, that's right. So do bias? Yeah.
0: And, and, and I think people feel like, oh, computer algorithms are inherently unbiased, but somebody writes the algorithm. That's right. That's right. In fact, so, there's the guy right there.
1: The, <laughs> you know, the thing I want to bring up about unintended consequences is, um, you know, one of the things I, I discover when I go out and I watch people search, because I do that a lot, is um, they'll, for example, land on a very long search page, results page, and they won't be able to find the word that they're looking for. Right. And so what do they do? Well, if you're a digeratus, one of us, you know how to use Control-F or Command-F or Edit-Find. And in my researches, I've discovered that 90%, 90% of the U.S. Internet-using population does not know how to do that. Hmm. That means when they land on that landing page, they cannot find the thing that they're looking for, and they have to read through it line by line. And if it's 140 screenfuls long, that makes them crazy. So you notice in the preview thing that we did, uh, if you click it actually will highlight the search terms on the preview doc so you know where to go look for them. Yes, yeah, and Gmail right. does that
2: as well, right? Gmail does yes. uses the kind of yellow highlighter.
1: Yes. Right. Um, exactly. Yep, yep. Yeah. So that, that's an, a, a, one of these things where we found out something that we hadn't anticipated. We added a new feature that's intended to really accelerate people's use of the tool. So that they can get to their results faster, they don't have to think about it as hard. We can just make their life faster, simpler, more efficient.
0: Actually, I really like what they've, what you've done with the search, <laughs> the recipe search. Now that I look at it, on the left side, we can turn off ingredients. Uh, yes, of course. Admitting, admittedly, cooking time only goes to up to 60 minutes and calories. Only go up to 500 calories, but that's, you know, if (laughs) if you're a fool, if you're looking at cassoulet and say, well, I'd like the 15 minute version, (laughs) but there's, look, the search results are great, frankly. Uh, And I love this, you know, additional capability. Uh, I don't, I don't think i see anything wrong with it. And look here, something different with the confit, risotto, tagine, paella, and gnocchi. What are
3: are other areas of life that will be good for this kind of search?
1: Well, for this kind of metadata faceted search, you mean? Yeah. Yeah um well generally anything that anything that has metadata right I mean, right <laughs> um but but more generally there there are large numbers of of domains and i, I i'm not going to give you any pre-announcements here but you can imagine areas of of uh of knowledge where there are different facets like this in this case we have dimensions like calories or ingredients or something where you want to include or exclude particular properties the easy one would be something like you know uh, imagine something that does travel. That's the example that everybody uses. Right. I want to have things that fit within these constraints and not those. And So anytime you have a domain of knowledge with a lot of dimensions, a lot of constraints that you can apply. So you can do it with retail. I mean, in terms of travel, what I would wish is I could do that with restaurants and and, and go to the next right. level of knowing what their menu is. Well, you can do something like that with our shopping results now. You can, for example, mm-hmm. limit it to within a particular price range. Right, And that's right. another instance of that.
0: One thing we talk a lot about uh, on this show is uh, the ascendancy, rapid ascendancy of social search and uh, Facebook's advantage there over uh, over Google. And that would be another way to add metadata to add uh, search refinements is with social. Uh, but it's a thorny, um, it's a challenging thing to incorporate social into the user experience mm-hmm. in a way that isn't, first of all, creepy. Right. You want to go right up to that creepy line, but not cross it. Uh, but also uh, useful. Uh, what are you What are you doing there?
1: Well, I, I can't. Uh, first off, I'm not involved in that, so I can't tell you any secret stuff. I don't even have any good secrets to tell you about that.
0: <laughs> <Okay>.
1: <laughs> but you can imagine you're absolutely you, right. You you're recognize
0: now. the issue, of course.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it's clear that it's a great repository and of information like this. And um, it's clear that search is becoming increasingly personal, increasingly social, increasingly local. Uh, so there's all these new properties that we'd like to be able to bring into it. and. This is something we'll have to try to figure out.
0: I want to. I want to thank you, Dan, for joining us. We really appreciate you. it. You're going to lose the conference thanks, room <laughs> in three minutes. We don't want to have the same thing happen that happened last time. So, yeah, <laughs> I will let you go. But it's okay, really thanks. great to talk to you. Real thank you for to you, volunteering Dan. to uh, to be on here. I really. Uh, My pleasure. I, I, I really appreciate Google's openness and uh, willingness to talk in a in a public forum uh about Very what good. it's up to It's great all thank right. you dan take care thank you for
1: having me yeah See ya. it's great bye to bye. have you dan
0: russell is uber tech lead at search quality and user happiness uh, at google we're going to take a little break come back and talk about lots of other news with google and then we'll have cassoulet for all but i'm cooking it right now i got the 15 minute version it should be ready in a second but first let me talk a little bit about go to assist express those great folks who make it possible to do remote support without tearing your hair out. Anybody who supports family, friends, or does it in business, supports clients, colleagues, knows how challenging telephone support is. And you don't always uh, have the ability to go down the hall or across town or across the country to fix the problem. So this is where go to Assist Express is so useful. It allows you to do remote access to the problem, fix it yourself without walking somebody through it, and it is incredible. If you're on the phone with somebody, you send them a link. They install it 30 seconds later, you're in Mac or PC, completely cross platform. Fix a Mac from a PC and vice versa. Um and and, and just the easiest to use. Uh, first of all, it's fast. Nobody's gonna use a remote support platform. No no tech person's gonna use a remote support platform if they have to, you know, move the mouse and wait as they watch the pointer go across the screen. This thing is is just about as fast as can be. Citrix really knows how to. They do all sorts of clever tricks to make sure that it feels snappy and responsive. They, they even do things like they allow you to have eight sessions at once. So you can start and install on a machine and then move to the next and start a scan and move to the third. And, and, and that way, you're, you're much more efficient with your time. That's probably why Frost & Sullivan, which is a, an industry analyst group that specializes in this particular uh, sector of software, gave... Uh, go to Assist Express, uh, the name MarketWide World Leader, number one remote support solution worldwide. Easy to use, 100% secure using 128-bit SSL. Very simple for your clients. They don't have to have it installed. You just send them a link, as I said, and it couldn't be easier. Um, it is just a great way to do support, and I want you to try it. I you know, I, Believe me, one of the things I insist on with all of our advertisers is a chance for you to try before you buy, and there, Citrix has been great about this, not just you know, try it for an hour, 30 days free. Go to assist.com slash twig. G-O-T-O assist.com slash twig. I know a lot of you who watch our shows are in the support business. You're IT professionals, software support people. Certainly, we all support family and friends. This is a tool you want. They have day passes for those of us who don't do it all the time. Go to it as well as the monthly subscription. Go to assist.com slash twig. We thank them for their support of This Week in Google. Gina, I wanted to ask you about this word now that Honeycomb will not go open for some time.
2: Yes, yeah. So Andy Rubin said that they rushed the Zoom, the Motorola Zoom which is the Honeycomb sort of flagship. Oh, you mean the one we, uh,
0: we, we spent $600 on that Motorola Zoom? It's not ready? Oh! oh. Somebody else
2: bought one. So a little birdie at Google who shall remain nameless sent me a Motorola Zoom. Oh, so you didn't have to my,
3: buy it. Well, that's good. my,
2: <laughs> yeah, my, I've, uh, yeah, I've been test driving it so, for a week. And, what do you uh,
3: think? Wow. So what do you or, think?
2: It's, well, it's my first tablet. So I'm having that first novel, like, holy crap, tablets are cool moment. Yes, yes. Um, but I also, I like it very much. It's a big slab. o computer. Uh, the on button is in a really weird place. But I like it very much. I'm still getting used to it. I've only had a few days with it, and I'm probably going to give it away to one of my contributors uh, on ThinkUp. But for the for the, the most part, I like it. I wouldn't have spent my own money on it. Uh, I still think that the price is too high, and Honeycomb's still uh, not fully baked, which well, that's brings the us question. back to this story. Yeah. That's, that's that's this story, right? Right. So uh, Google is not releasing Honeycomb source code, which has open source um, enthusiasts and religious and zealots kind of up, you know, up in arms how... <laughs> Open really is Android. I have to tell you, and this is probably going to get me in trouble with some of the more sort of religious types, it, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with Google holding on to Honeycomb until they feel like it's ready to release. I don't think if you've taken shortcuts in code and you've written crappy code, especially if you're Google – you don't you don't release it yet. Um, I think they you know they rushed Honeycomb to market. The Zoom is obviously still unfinished for you know whatever their reasons were, maybe the iPad. Uh, but you know honestly, I think that Google should have a little more control over Android. I'd like to see them up their standards a little more and and enforce uh, you know some more rules around who can put the Google name on on every device and, and what it does. So I'm okay with this for now. And I know I'm supposed to be enraged, but. I, Android is open enough for me. You know, people are upset they feel like Android is using open source as a, as a marketing tool, but it's not truly open source because true open source projects, you know, the sources, you know, there's committers outside, outside committers. There are nightly builds. The source is always available. You know, Google holds back and does releases in batches. And now this honeycomb release, there's no telling when it's going to happen. Isn't this what happens,
0: though, every time? I, I, it seems my memory is that every time there's a new version, there's a period of time, sometimes months, between yep. the release of the version on phones and the open sourcing of that right. uh, version. That is true. So the that's is this different?
2: The difference this time is that there's no date. I mean, the, you know, the announcement was we're not releasing this yet, and we don't. And, and maybe there's no, ne- maybe never.
3: It sounds well, like they'll wait for never. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's not it's not. Clear. I don't think
3: it's going to be never. That's that. that I don't was, no, no I never just never mean that. there'll be a next version of uh, well, they will first skip the ice cream bar. I or see. sandwich, right. or whatever the heck or it is, that, that, it is. That, that this one may never be ready for prime time. Gina, let me let me ask you this: You know, in the older days of software, the choice that was you always made was whether you used it inside your enterprise. Then you could always fix it. If you had to shrink wrap it for others, it had to be of a higher quality to support. Right. Is right. that true? Even in something like Android, that 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 okay, fine. We can make the Zoom work. We can work with Motorola, and it'll fine. It'll work if this thing starts propagating against other devices, we could have a lot of problems. I think even more so for that. Even more so, right? In phones, it's even more so.
2: Yeah, and that's the company line, right? Is that releasing this code would would create a bad user experience because folks would start putting it on devices and it's just not ready. They took shortcuts, uh, and they, and, it's, and there's code there they they don't want to release to the world yet. It's a big deal when you put code out there, especially when you're Google. You know, because everyone's going to grab it and start using it, and 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 you don't want bad code to kind of kind of propagate.
0: Well, and uh, they all, Andy Rubin also said that we did it for a tablet. We didn't want to think. This is a quote from Bloomberg. We didn't want to think about what it would take for the same software to run on phones. It would have required a lot of additional resources and extended our schedule beyond what we thought was reasonable. So we took a shortcut. In other words, they said, we're going to make it available for a tablet. Right. But it's going to take a while to get it ready for phones. I don't. I agree with you. Uh, Gene, I don't think that's so awful. Yeah, I, I don't think too. that's
2: so bad. But, you know, you have someone like Cyanogen, you know, he, he would have grabbed Honeycomb and ha- made it ready for any, you know, you could try it on your phone if you wanted. If, 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 the, if the compatibility to smaller screens wasn't there, it would have been a crappy experience. It would have been bad, you know. A, so a which bad hurts PR. Google more?
0: Holding it back or putting it out as a crappy experience?
2: Uh-huh. I well, would say I
0: would say it, it, they should hold it back if it's not real. Yeah,
2: uh, yeah I I kind of, I kind of agree. But, I mean, I think uh, so. The so the, a really double. interesting line here, it, it, uh,
0: especially since it never really is fully open source in the sense that you can't go to GitHub and download Honeycomb. Right. You couldn't go to GitHub and download Gingerbread. You couldn't do that with any of them until right. Google officially dropped the code. So this is no different.
2: Exactly. Well, it's no different. Only that it's not it's not clear when it's going to drop. I mean, normally it drops after the first you know devices that run it you know come out, and there's an expectation that's coming right. out, and yeah. you know the ROM community is ready. Uh, so you know people are upset because I feel like this sets a bad precedent, and Google's grabbing more control of the source, and and they're not contributing back upstream to Linux the way they should. They're not you're not behaving sort of like right. good open source community members. Uh, you know, I think Google just needs to make Android a really good experience. I think they need to do what they Need to do in order to, to, to achieve that but they're walking a, a tough line and I think they're, they're doing I mean I don't think anyone's really done this before uh so they're sort of blazing a new a new path. It doesn't it doesn't bug me, but I can see how some open source uh, zealots, you know, are, are upset that this is a bad precedent.
0: Open source zealots get upset if you call it Linux. I mean, it's not I mean, there's all sorts of up, you know, it's not a it's not a monolithic community and not everybody's right. upset. And Some people are and some people aren't.
2: Right. That's true. Absolutely I would true. say
0: it's pretty clear that Android is not a traditional open source fully no. open project no. nor right. has it ever it been. It is
2: not. Right. And uh, Google's a company that makes money. <laughs>
1: Well, it's it's almost it's
2: developing <laughs> so.
3: There almost needs to be a different word for that between between API and open source. There's yeah, this kind of controlled source. Yeah, I mean, it's,
0: it's, it doesn't it doesn't really bother me. I think Google. I'll tell you one thing. Google's put so much value into open software in so many areas, in no. so many ways. That I think you can cut them a little slack on this. Maybe not. I don't know. But it just doesn't feel to me like they're. This is malicious. In fact, I think they're being very, very transparent and saying, "Hey, this was. This isn't ready."
2: Yeah, I mean, I thought that the real story here was the admission yeah. that you know, Ruben yeah. said, we took shortcuts and we shipped this device before it was ready, and we know it, and we're saying it. That concerned that's me. Rem- I was like, well, well yeah. it's kind of remarkable. It's like, whoa, okay. <laughs> Google
0: does that. I mean, that's, to me, if there's a... If, I'm sure, Jeff, you wrote about this, but it's it's kind of stunning how open they are for a, uh, a publicly held
3: Yeah, company. I mean, I, I interviewed Eric Schmidt on the topic for the book, and... um this will be controversial too, but he argues that Google is—and I quote him—as open as it can be. Right. I'd, I'd say that's true. Yeah, and I, you can't make the algorithms open. You can't reveal certain uh, financials beforehand, but uh, that um, uh, you know th- that he says that if you have a problem, you write down the problem and you do that. You know, there's there's a in the Google cafeteria this week. There's a lot of crow on the menu. Uh, <laughs> this is one, and not to go too far afield from this topic, but the FTC. Uh, if yes. that the, quick, the Buzz, the Buzz Crow, the Buzz. Yeah, crow. the Buzz they Crow. F, they did a a, um, a settlement with the FTC over the privacy problems with Buzz, which of course lasted about a weekend. But they were, you know, as we we criticized them a great deal for them. They were pretty severe, and the admission on Google's own blog of the problems is pretty stunning. Well, they just said we screwed up and yeah. we did this wrong, and this is what we're going to do. We're going to take our medicine. And I know there was a lot of negotiation behind the scenes about that that I'm sure had a different I kind of like it, though, that they just said, hey, they threw themselves in the sword. Too. Yeah. I and they too. apologized so again
2: stuff- today.
0: An update yeah. on Buzz. User trust really matters to Google. That's why we try to be clear about what data we collect and how we use it. That said, we don't always get everything right. The launch of Google Buzz fell short of our usual standards for transparency and user control. While we worked so quickly to make improvements, regulators, including the U.S. Federal Trade Commission, unsurprisingly wanted more detail about what went wrong and how we could prevent it from happening again. We'd like to apologize again for the mistakes we made with Buzz. We are 100% focused on ensuring our new privacy procedures effectively protect the interests of all our users going forward. That's Alma Witten writing. She's Director of Privacy Product and Engineering. Good for Google. Yeah, now, I don't want to sound like a Google fanboy, but that's you rarely see people fall on the sword like that.
2: Yeah. That's true. But, you know, this FTC settlement is kind of embarrassing. I mean, this is unprecedented, right? I mean, the FTC is going to check in on Google. The FTC is basically going to be babysitting Google's privacy practices for the for next 20, 20 years, years. Whoa. which is not in that blog post. They said every two years, but it's going to be for the next 20 years. Holy that's, cow. That's kind of a big deal. Jeff, does has this has something like this happened to any other company in terms of <laughs> privacy My, breaches?
0: Microsoft got, a, remember, a pretty big slap on trust, and they had a regulator sitting in on Microsoft. I think still is sitting on on Microsoft decisions, but I can't remember anything like this with privacy. Leo, oh, you know,
3: if you go to the on the list, I think is the is the official FTC release. Oh, I'll find it here. It's on there as well. Yeah, ftcgovernor let Let's see what the FTC says. Yeah, and you know the odd thing about this one to me is this that sounds like the FTC found that it was malicious, deceptive, well, deceptive. Yeah, well, because yeah. what happens was if you if you I forget that it's, fu- it's funny wording because if it's it, I forget what the wording was, but if it says if you click on, you bet. This will happen. And no way that'll happen, whatever the language was, uh, a little farther down. And, um, you know, the, the odd thing about this to me again, <laughs> here oh, yeah, it is. sweet. Sweet. If if on the day going, Buzz was sweet. launched,
0: Gmail users got a message announcing the new service and were given two options. <laughs> sweet. Check out Buzz. <laughs> By the way, this is more of that delight that Dan was talking about. Or, yeah. nah, go to my inbox. You know, I have to admit, the FTC's right here. Nobody yes, wants to be a nah
3: kind of person. We all want to be a sweet person. <laughs> well, what they're really saying is that if you clicked on that, nah, you were still included in Buzz in ways you didn't know. Bzz, mistake. Yeah. You know, but the, what, what's not in here is, and I had this problem too, 11 privacy commissioners, including Canada and Germany, sent a letter to Eric Schmidt about a year ago advising that Google should not put out betas Now, That shows such a complete misunderstanding of this new culture where the government people think that failure is death because people will come after them. You will make a mistake and we may
0: not allow a mistake, yeah.
3: Exactly. And this whole idea that they're going to open up and the process of opening up is collaboration and mistakes are necessary in that process and it's part of learning. They're bringing this government mindset, this old classical industrial mindset, to the new digital age, and there's nothing clearer to me that shows that difference in the private way of doing things and the public way of doing things. And if you're going to put out betas, the irony of Buzz, of course, was it should have been called a beta, and that might have saved them a lot of problems. It was, it wasn't? It was a huge mistake. They didn't say it was a beta? No. Oh, that's no. ironic. the first ironic. major product release from Google that was not a beta. That's and ironic. It was the one that most needed to be. Right. Um, but what, what what disturbs me about that is that they're saying you shouldn't try things in public, in collaboration with the public. That you should make them perfect beforehand. Of course, there is no perfect. And and I find that very disturbing in our new culture. I agree. Um, you know, at the same time, you have today, for example, um, sen- three senators are trying to uh, take out of all the app stores an app that will tell you where DWI checkpoints are. Now, I understand their objection to it, most certainly. But... The hey, if they could there, put it in the newspaper, they could put it in an app. Bingo. And so is there a First Amendment protection of apps? Hell yes. Is there a protection? So Google's problem here with Buzz is that did they F up? You bet they did. And they admit they did. And if they did that with with you know audacity and, and nastiness and left it up forever and didn't care, that's one matter. But if they said Uh uh-oh, okay, we learned, we fixed it, and we all remember that weekend when they spent the whole weekend hauling ass to fix this, then what the government is saying here is that even if you make a mistake for a short time, you're guilty of something. And that's going to make everyone more cautious, except lawyers, (laughs) in terms of getting jobs. They're going to stop you from doing things, saying, well, the FTC could come after you if you screw up here. And that's chilling on innovation, and I'm a very, for that reason, I'm now getting very upset. I'm getting back in Jeff mode here. I'm getting very I agree upset with you, though. Be upset. The yes. The FTC is pissing me off again because this is none of their damned beeswax. Well, wait a minute. Okay, I will disagree. No, not none. Not none. But to the extent that they went to this, the extent that they said that a, a, a short-term error is um, as bad as a long-term error. But, okay. That-
0: uh, I mean, I think demanding no betas is one thing. But the FTC saying we'd like oversight is not – that's, that's, that's no, representing I, I our interests. I'll and I think Google, it's in their interest that they have that you have to see people sitting there because that reassures people about what Google – people are scared of Google. So I think this
3: is in Google's interest. Fine. But let me ask you this, Leo. Is this the most heinous case in privacy? No. Be- oh, hell no. no. Right. So is this the one that should have brought down this hammer? Uh but uh, well, No, but it no,
2: had to set a precedent. They had to set a precedent. Yeah, and they I had to mind. make a statement. Right. This was the buzz thing was a huge failure and and there were real consequences. Right. Andrew McLaughlin's, uh, you know, contact list was published. I mean, that that was that was a pretty serious consequence. I I have to say, I looked at what the FCC did. I don't want chilling effect on innovation either, Jeff. But I looked at what the FTC did and said, OK, you know, they lowered a pretty heavy hammer. And I encourage our listeners to read both the Google blog post and then the FTC statement because they are the tone is very different (laughs) on both sides. Yeah, Google has Um, its
3: tail between its legs.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're really
3: gone, sorry. And, and as we said, for a reason. It was a screw-up. I It was it was a, a appallingly handled. I absolutely agree with all that. I just... But, uh, but it was a technical error. Exactly. It was not malicious. It was a bug. Or well, a actually, Leo, f- no, they're kind bug. of saying that uh, uh, the Google lied to you. That if you clicked on Do that... Do you think they...
0: Well, I guess... And then this is a question to an intent that we can't answer and... and uh, do you think that there was an intent to gather information against our will? No,
3: I don't think so. I think I think it was not a technical error. I think it was a human error. But they said Google offered a turn off buzz option that did not fully remove the user from the social network. Yeah, right. That is colossally stupid on Google's part. Right, right. It's it's and they've done colossally stupid things that put them in a bad position. The the uh, uh, grabbing of data from Wi Fi and Street View. Right. You know, had that no was value. A, that was a bug. That was an error. But, well, even if it wasn't, you know, some say that it was a geek going too far. It had no commercial use, but the damage to right. both Google and the cause of technology and innovation was great. Google's got to understand that it has this this higher calling, but we also have to be cautious, I think, and I'm going to sound like a libertarian. I'm not. I voted for Obama and Hillary Clinton, but government intervention at this level um, – I would have preferred a settlement that was more fully private, that Google came up with very open ways on its own, mm-hmm. uh, than the f- FTC now having clear government control over this.
0: Yeah, that's my, that's my But I don't know what, what is. It, I don't think that I. I guess I. F- I don't fear the FTC having oversight of Google, and I think it's in Google's interest. To be honest, I think that's one of the reasons Google was quick to tuck its tail between its legs. Is this is something that Google? This is a potential. Uh, um, this is a minefield for Google, and so it's something that they probably really, truthfully welcome, uh, because that will inc- improve people's trust. Uh, Google has yes. to have our trust, or well, they're dead.
3: Then that's not just Google; that's the entire industry. And I, and I, you know, I, I, I fear the Do Not Track legislation that's coming up, which will surely pass because Do Not Anything is going to pass oh, in yeah. Washington. Yeah. But that could be very, very damaging, as I've said on the show before, to the business of media. And so I've been critical of the ad industry that they and media industry that they've been absolutely colossally stupid because they have not been transparent. They've been deceptive. They've creeped people out. And they should have been very different. So, so the issue here isn't so much that Google should have had the hammer come down. The issue instead should have been that the industry should have. Yeah. Well, that's we're true. We have standards that, if we're, that, that Google and the FT, FTC could have worked together to say, we're going to, the positive way to put this was we screwed up and we're going to turn around and we're going to set a new bar in privacy for the industry. But think how bad it would have
0: been for Google had the FTC and Google looked like they were in collusion. They said, and the FTC said, oh, no problem. It's Google. You can trust them. And said, "You know, fine. Everything's fine. Google w- ne- wanted to be spanked, needed to be spanked. Yeah, and I see what you're saying. There's a huge risk if, if the FTC doesn't spank them. Much bigger risk than having some guy <laughs> sit there in the, in the meeting. <laughs> Big deal. <laughs> Send them over to the cafe. Have a nice lunch. Enjoy. It's a good job. I'd like that job. Can I be the privacy watchdog? I'd like to do that. We're going to take a break. When we come back, there is a lot of news, including James Gosling going to Google, which I think is a huge story, but that's just me. Before we go on, I would like to tell you a little bit about a great place to have a website. It's called squarespace.com, the secret behind exceptional websites. We use it right now for our Inside Twit blog, and it's been such a joy to work with. First of all, so easy to design a Squarespace site. So easy that, in fact, if you go to squarespace.com twig right now, you can try it for free. No credit card needed. Just name your site. I mean, literally. Do it right now. You'll have a site in three seconds. Name your site. Use a password, email address, enter the letters the capture letters so that they you know, know that you're not a robot. And now you'll have a site and all the Squarespace benefits, the amazing hosting, the incredible artist design templates that get you started, but then the complete creative control you have after the fact with sliders. You don't need to know any special HTML or CSS tricks. Of course, if you do, there's nothing you can't do. You can make it look like, well, just look at the examples. You can make it look like the best looking sites in the world all of them unique. There's no Squarespace look. And that's one of the things I really like about it. Try it today, free, squarespace.com slash twig. Uh, One of the nice things about Squarespace is because it's the hosting plus the software, security updates and all updates are automatic. Version six is just around the corner. I can't wait to start talking about it, but I can't. So just try it now just do me a favor you'll be glad you're on the platform that's all i can say seamless blog importing actually from all kinds of websites using standard apis movable type wordpress type and blogger and true to google's data liberation front you can export your squarespace blog using standard apis at any time you're never trapped great statistics and more Starts at $12 a month for the best darn hosting and software you've ever seen. But do try it free for the next two weeks. Squarespace.com slash twig. We thank them for their support of This Week in Google. Look, I can get skinny and fat. Uh,
2: Put me on skinny, please.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're gorgeous. Stop it.
2: Aww. So
0: James Gosling uh, is the guy who created uh, Java. Is one of the most brilliant computer scientists in the world. He was working at Oracle. Uh, Oracle, kind of. Well, yeah, I don't know exactly what he was doing because <laughs> you know he the Oracle got him when they bought, uh, you know, uh, when they bought Sun. So it was only, I think, a matter of time. I think you'll see a lot. There's been a lot of people leaving, and I think this is just one more person. He was a former vice president at Sun. Uh, he didn't want to work for Oracle. In fact, he called uh, Larry Ellison the Prince of Darkness. <laughs> okay, well, maybe he wasn't happy. I don't know.
2: Uh, <laughs> I love the bearded curmudgeon developer, a brilliant engineer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we should try to get him on the show sometime. Uh,
0: you know what? You know, I, would love to, I would love to talk to this guy.
2: That would be great.
0: He's so brilliant. Um, so I don't know what he's going to do at the Google, but what a good place for him to be. Let's put it that way.
2: Yeah, indeed, right? Because right. Android is so Java-based and Java is right. embedded at Google in lots of ways. This Google's was actually like a little Java.
0: disappointment of mine was how much Google likes Java because I'm not a big Java <laughs> you
2: fan. you not, not a fan? <laughs> no. Oh. Uh,
0: I guess uh, for, what, for, the, for the phone environment, I guess there's probably nothing better. But they really they, Java was on its last legs and they brought it back. Yep. I guess that's it on getting James Gosling on this show.
2: <laughs> great, that was a great idea for about 5 seconds. Yeah, no, I but I oh,
0: I love Java. I love it. <laughs> I think Quitch. I love
2: Java. I really do.
0: Do you do you like writing in Java?
2: I do very much. Okay. Very much. It was my first like ob- you know, truly kind of OOP like object-oriented strongly typed language. So I have that it's like that first love thing, you know. It's like, "Oh, you, know, you feel Java about Java like
0: my- I do about C." Okay. I love C.
2: Okay. Java is very crazy. C-like.
0: It's got garbage collection the C yeah. doesn't have, and it's got a lot of nice features, and it's object-oriented, which C isn't. But but it's very C-like. Indeed. basically C syntax. Well, I anyway. feel that way about English. English. What a language. <laughs> what do you think about Amazon's Cloud Player? And actually, there is a, a an Android link uh, to this, because, of course, they've got the App Store now, but they also have an emulator. Apparently, they're using EC2 to do a uh, Android emulator. You can uh, You can try any app for an hour. Did you know that?
2: Oh, oh, cool. You know, I think I heard them mention this on All About Android, Eileen's new show, which I love and watch live this week. Give it a plug
0: um, Mondays at five, 5, PM five PM Pacific, eight PM Eastern on Great Twitter. Show. Eileen live rocked it. Yes. Eileen and Jason <laughs> Howell do a new and our new Android show.
2: Totally rocked it. And so I heard them talking about this emulator, but I didn't get a chance to to try it. So this is in within the cloud player? Yeah. Oh,
0: isn't that clever? So um, now this is one of the things I've always said is great about Android. To begin with, is that you have uh, you know the ability to download and if you d- don't want a program, delete it and then you'll get a refund. It was originally twenty four hours. Now it's like fifteen minutes or something really really short. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look, you have to go to the Android store and you'll and look. And do it on your browser right if you go, so you go to the Android store on the Amazon's browser, and not all apps will do this. Let me see if I can find one that has a try it. Do you know uh, uh, offhand Diner Dash. Diner Dash? Just downloaded that. That's actually a great program. So test drive now.
2: look at that.
0: Try this app on your computer. you could wow. I bet mean it's Java. <laughs> look look this is look how fast that loaded. This is the
2: actual game yeah that's awesome that
0: is, that is amazing
2: yeah that's really cool um yay Amazon
0: this is just like playing the actual game. I can't believe it and it has that same problem where I don't know what to do at that point oh good okay here comes <laughs> flow the dots show the number this is a fun game so this is a great way to um oh. to learn how to uh Or at least get a sense of a game. I don't know how long you can play
3: it. That's one step ahead of Apple, folks.
0: See, it says here 30 minutes remaining.
2: It is. I have to figure out how to enable this for my app. That's very cool.
0: Oh, yeah. So control the app by clicking and dragging. Features that access. Device features like the hardware or camera may not function, obviously. Keyboard import is not supported. (laughs) I don't think it's Java because it was so fast. This was so fast. Oh, Java hater. (laughs) No, nothing loaded. I don't know what there... This must be HTML5 or... Is it Flash? It's not Flash. That's How would you know? Just go to the source? Right-click.
2: Yeah, right-click if you get a Zoom.
0: Get nothing. Uh, Oh,
2: look at that. (laughs) Yeah, isn't that
0: cool? It's got the volume (laughs) buttons right on it. What happens if I press the home button? (gasps) Wow. Oh my it's god.
2: Total full on
0: emulator. Oh wow. my god, that's amazing. Hey <laughs> honey, come out. here look. If you ever wanted to use Android, it's built right in. <laughs> Holy comoli. Look yeah. at that. Eight. I'm using I'm using. Wow. For, I mean, I have a half an hour now to use a uh, Android phone. I wonder if I can make a phone call. Huh. <laughs> That's weird.
2: It is disabled the <laughs> dialer. Okay. Uh,
0: apparently, I'm calling somebody. Wow. Look at that. So, is this, this must be the SDK emulator, but it didn't take any time to load. I don't understand how it's doing this.
2: In the SDK the emulator, a lot of this stuff, phone calls are disabled.
0: <laughs> As they should be.
2: There's like a rack of, of of Android phones at the Amazon uh, headquarters that are that, that are making calls for Leo right now. Yeah,
0: well, we can't get through, but we'll let you know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's pretty cool. But Cloud Player is really cool. It's like it's you store. This isn't this is kind of an old news story, but it's a new since our no, no, last no, no, episode. No, no, yeah, no.
0: It's new. It's just a good story. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you get
2: five gigabytes free to store documents and multimedia. Oh, if it's not buy- just.
0: Uh, it could be other. It could oh, be it's anything. It's anything, oh. yeah. So you can take your and documents too. You.
3: I just thought it was music and video. So no, it's no, anything. no, 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 no. This is this is the beginning of cloud storage of anything. And
0: if I buy an an a- album from uh, once a year from Amazon, I get twenty gigs free. And the albums are there for free, no matter what. Well, what so ooh, uh, ooh. does it I have know. like a web dev interface? Is there any interface to it, Gina?
2: There is like a it's a browser based uploader. This is the thing that I didn't like. This is the thing that this there is the why it must be an I'm API. Though. I
3: agree. It, it's, it's not Dropbox. There's it's not, not Dropbox. Drop. Oh. See,
2: Dropbox nailed this, right? And, no, and Amazon hasn't quite gotten there yet. I mean, the, the, the MP3 streaming is awesome. So you can listen to your music wherever you are. That's really awesome. Uh, but, might, but, right, it doesn't have the Dropbox client. So it's not this, like, constant sync. It's a browser-based uploader. I'm hoping that it's going to get a little better. Uh, but, but, yeah, it'll scan your entire iTunes library and upload what you want to, to it. And if you buy MP3s, like you said, from Amazon, which I always do because iTunes drives me crazy, uh, those will huge. get to for free. This is it's-
3: huge for them. I mean, it is. It is. Well, so they, they barely beat out Google, by all accounts, beat out Google and Apple to this. Yep. And what excites me so much about this, uh, going too far, which is what I always do, that's my stock and trade, this starts to kill the networks. You add this to Netflix having a new show that they bought. Yeah. You have this ability to watch this stuff. Everything's changing. Places. It's changing a lot fast. And, and the whole idea that you can control our um, media and content and bits starts to go out the bloody window. So now I'm just
0: uploading files to this folder. Yep. So there does need to be some sort of... Uh, it would be nice if it was WebDAV. I bet it is WebDAV if they would just like that. Deck. They need
3: an app.
0: Yeah, but if it's dev, yeah.
3: then it would just be... Anything could use it. I, I'm trying to get uh, Werner Fogels, who's the CTO of Amazon, on the show. So we'll try to get him next Good. week. Good.
2: Look at this, oh, that'd be I'm, great.
3: Just, I'm so and now can I share this with people too is there sharing Yeah I think so yes
2: Oh that's a good I question
0: I should try that Oh man I'm liking this I I just thought I, I
3: completely missed the uh, the the real import of this I thought oh it's just music Yeah no 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 this is this is uh Amazon AWS comes to the common man and woman Wow mm-hmm. yep. for backup right. Because now, now Microsoft's offering SkyDrive
0: 25 gigs, so there. I mean, everybody's in this business. It's funny; Amazon's getting all the attention. Microsoft's been doing this for months, but nobody's paid any attention to that. Well, here's they don't question. sell any music. Does this right. compete with
3: Chrome?
2: Chrome OS. I think it, it enhances Chrome, right? Because all sure. your stuff is where you need it to be. I mean, similar similar to Dropbox. I mean, you can listen to your to your playlist. We kind of had hanging. this.
0: We kind of had this conversation uh, on MacBreak Weekly. Uh, I think probably Google welcomes this. I don't think this is a competition. This it's empowers Google. They don't they didn't want to sell I mean they did talk about Google Music, but I think they didn't really want to be in the music business. Let Amazon do that. Right. Um I don't think they really care if Amazon has a as an app store. That's good for Android. Look at that emulator. That's fantastic Beautiful. for Android. Let let somebody who knows retail, knows how to do all this, do that. And Google doesn't make money particularly that way. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Although they do now have in app purchases, I wonder if they're going to take that. But I'm asking something else, though. Know, yeah. If
3: you look at that emulator yeah. and you realize that you could run programs on Amazon, I guess what I'm asking is does Amazon at some point get the ambition to have an OS?
2: Hmm.
3: What, I mean, what do they I need an OS like- for, right? I mean, they just have a UI. You have- because they love control, right? They love to be able to be, they're rather Apple like. I'm sorry. I'm listening to my music.
1: <laughs> it's <a> time,
0: <laughs> and, uh, oh, this is so cool. Wow. Isn't it? There, now, there don't please try to analyze why I played another one bites the dust. <laughs> Apple. <laughs> Apple. Uh, very interesting. Wow. Uh, wow. Good for you. So, I'm glad.
2: So are we going to see Google Drive anytime soon? Is that the... I mean, there's been kind of rumors about a G-Drive similar, you know, that offers something similar to this for a while, right? And Google Docs has sort of uh, touched this line a little bit. It'll be interesting to see uh, what that offering well, will be the like. The other thing
3: is, one of them better buy Dropbox fast. Oh,
0: God. Dropbox <laughs> yeah. is now suddenly worth $30 billion well, or something.
2: I mean, I mean <laughs> Dropbox is nail sinking. Yeah. You know, that's what it I has, love about it. it, it is it's is not just really, that it's it in the cloud, changing. it's distributed.
0: There is a um, Java-based solution that's very job dropbox based uh, or similar to job dropbox uh, that is owned by lassie called Walla. You know about Walla? Oh. Um, this could be the dark horse in uh, in all of this. Secure online storage works very similarly to Dropbox, but you can it's a peer-to-peer system. You can add to the Walla storage that you own for free by Giving up some of your local hard drive space to Walla?
2: Oh, uh, like a peer-to-peer?
0: Yes.
2: Situation like
3: so. Um,
0: it's yeah. it's similar to Dropbox in fe- features. Uh, From a business
3: perspective, that's so fascinating that it's it's like Netflix getting out of disks to go into online. This is La like, getting out of hard disks in your home. I know, isn't that get, funny? Move your stuff up.
0: They're a yeah, hard drive company. What are they doing? Exactly. They're selling uh, secure online storage. Very smart. And so yep. you know, so it's kind of an interesting, a little bit of a different model uh, than um, Dropbox. Randall uh, Schwartz uh, told me about this, but you can you can buy, of course, space, but you can also trade. You get, you're, you can trade space. You can give them space,
3: which is really. Gina, is there any security issue there? You imagine. <laughs>
2: Uh, you know, I don't, I don't love the idea of strangers sort of reaching into my hard drive and using right. space, but I, I, there are a couple of programs and the names are escaping me, but there are these programs where you can set up a deal with like your best friend across town and say, Hey, I'll, you know, back up to your computer. If you back up to my computer. And I love that kind of federated. I mean, I love the idea of being able to share hard drive space and people that I trust. Uh, but you know, whenever, whenever there are peer to peer programs running on your machine with ports open and, you know, there's, there's always scary. security risks. Yeah. It's a little it's scary.
0: Got, even it's kind if it's Java, couch surfing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh man, uh, the people in Google Kansas are so upset. Yeah. Topeka changed his name to Google. Google even kind of changed their name to Topeka in a nod back. But it's not Topeka. It's Kansas City that gets the okay. gigabit
2: people and... of topeka reportedly crestfallen <laughs> that's a great in-gadget. that's gotta be it's a gadget yeah that's an yeah. gadget
0: headline <laughs> i wonder if they actually talk to anybody in topeka i love I, it
2: i know i want to see stricken photos of citizens of topeka oh. oh
0: google reps say it's the beginning not the end this is just oh, the please, first oh, market please oh please oh please that's a, you know, that I understand as a kind of a promoting the idea of gigabit, but does Google want to get in that business? That's a weird business. Does Google, well, I guess you know, in a way
3: that might th- forward their interests. This is, if they hadn't played the devil's deal with Verizon, I'd still think they were on the side of net neutrality, yeah. though I don't believe that now. Yeah. YouTube says 33
0: million streams in 189 countries around the world for the grand finale of the YouTube Symphony Orchestra. That has to be a record for the number of streams. I can't even believe. I remember just a few wow. years ago when uh, Live Aid got had 170,000 streams, and people said, the most streams ever, amazing. 33 million? That is <laughs> nuts. That is some serious traffic. Actually, the total... Oh no! Wait, but the total
3: mobile live streams was two point eight million. Jeez, mobile. What did they play? I don't know. You want you to? know, it, it like this isn't Lady Gaga, folks. This is this is Google changing the culture. Here, I'll. I'll uh,
0: yeah, that's sorry, That's true. That's a good point. That is a good point. It's a symphony f- freaking orchestra. <laughs> yeah, at least it wasn't an opera. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Shostakovich's symphony in d minor this is uh, this i don't know i made that up is that sydney is that the Sydney opera house where is that that's beautiful oh i'm sorry i pushed the wrong button there we go now you're watching it so uh, we're going to take a little break come back uh, I'll, I'll i'll leave this on this will be our musical uh, interlude it's probably a complete violation of all this holy but i'm going to play it anyway um we will take a break come back with your tip number and tool of the week but first, this word from our friends at MailRoute. I've talked about this before. It's, uh, since 2004, I've been using MailRoute to stop spam on my Leoville server. If you run your own server, and that's the key on all this, if you run your own server, go to MailRoute.info and find out about the simply the best anti-spam filtering. Well, one of the reasons I like it is that you don't uh, actually see the spam on your server ever, which you got to love. You you just simply change your MX record to point to MailRoute. Your mail goes to MailRoute. There's the music. It goes to MailRoute. They filter out all the lumps so you don't have to see them. And uh, it comes back to you spam-free. Give it a try today. 10% off for the life of your account when you go to mail route. info. Here it is, the... From the sands To the seas So the, the, uh, the YouTube Symphony Orchestra The whole idea was like These people um, played the individual instruments on, on YouTube And then they put it all together
3: I think so
2: to Yeah s- I think so
3: Alright let's jump ahead Nice organ
0: so then they bring them all together later. You know, obviously, they're now all in the same place. That's the cool job. Yeah, Phantom of the Opera time. It's a giant pipe organ at the Sydney Opera House. 33 million people watch this? That's that's bigger than the Eurovision Sound Song Contest. I mean, that's huge. That's incredible. Well, and, and so, folks,
3: this is a
0: big medium. They streamed this. Can you, I mean, only Google would have enough server power to do Bye-bye, that. Bye,
3: ConPast. Bye, bye. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think this is exciting. It's good for people like us. Yeah. All right, we got to get out of the way here because we got another show coming in here. The fabulous TNT with Mr. Tom Merritt. So let's get to Gina Trapani's. I like the music. Gina the Trapani's music, right?
3: tip of the week.
2: Speaking of cloud player, if you've got an Android phone, uh, the Amazon MP3 app can stream your playlist directly to your phone, which works really well if you're running out of space on your phone, like like I am. Right. Uh, so you can you can like, I've got, you know, Wi-Fi at the gym, so I can stream my kind of workout way playlist, which I've got going on here. i got some Lady Gaga and some Glee I did, on there. I immediately
0: deleted um, all my
2: uh, uh, hard yeah. drive-based stuff. You right. Know. You can free up space on your phone, yep. stream, and obviously it works much better over Wi-Fi. And also, you can transfer um, items to your phone. So there's a download button within the Cloud Player app. Uh, so if you do want to grab a, a file before you are somewhere where there isn't Wi-Fi, you you can, do, you can do that as well. So if you haven't checked out the Amazon MP3 app for Android, which is still in the approval process for iOS, uh, definitely check it out.
0: You got the store or the player. Yep. And then, uh, oh, look, wait a minute. Wow. So this is, remember, I copied those files over uh, just a yep. minute ago. They're now here on my phone. Yep. Uh, yep. Wow. That's pretty cool because they're audio yep. files. And then there's, there's the queen stuff. So this is all playing from the cloud.
2: And it's much nicer than connecting your phone with a, you know, with a wire to transfer over Absolutely. files.
0: Yeah. Store all, our, and, and it, the nice thing is if you buy music um, from the uh, Amazon store, it doesn't count against your 20 gigabyte total. So you could have,
3: this is, I this has got to be
0: really scary for Apple.
3: It's really good well, scary. Well, not only that, but the music labels and the entertainment copyright holders are well, going. Sony's a little worried about bad it because they have a similar bad.
0: service and apparently they're not too happy. Right. They're not too happy at all.
2: Amazon will fight that fight, though. I'm sure that uh, oh, yeah. other in, companies are glad that they're us. doing that.
0: Come and right. get us, baby. Uh, your number of the week, Jeff. I hope 33 million wasn't your number.
3: No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. In, 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 the, in the campaign to ruin the show and now make it uh, not this week in Glee, but this week in Gaga, two weeks in a row, you got to mention Lady Gaga, 9 million followers.
2: Wow. On, on Twitter. is Is yep. she the top? Followed now, yes. yeah. number one, yeah. she has been for a while actually. Yeah, that's I mean, she's got the mega stardom, but also she uses the tool well, oh, she talks yeah. to her fans in an authentic way, you know, yep. not to use that that term because
3: which is overused. <laughs> so that was a simple number. <laughs> well,
0: my tool of the week is, is uh, I think, pretty exciting. Let me just pull up the screen, it's cloudgirlfriend.com. So here's no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 The Social Network Girlfriend. Step one, define your perfect girlfriend. Step two, we bring her into existence. Step three, connect and interact with her publicly on your favorite social network. Step four, enjoy a public long-distance relationship with your perfect girl. Uh, they say launching soon, but due to high demand, we're only able to accommodate a limited number of users to this site. Register early to get in line. So just in case you wanted a girlfriend. I don't know if there's a cloud boyfriend, but there is a So
2: glad that this show did not <laughs> land on April Fool's. <laughs>
0: Oh, I think well, this might minutes, be April Fools.
2: Yeah. I think?
0: All of I you go out.
3: So. I'm signing up. <laughs> okay, <laughs> welcome Google, back. Uh, Anil Dash and April Fools. He did a great piece a few years ago about how your joke is stupid. Okay.
2: Yeah. I'm <laughs> sh- I love the April Fools backlash, but you know, Google does something every year, uh, regardless.
0: And now, this is my link for cloudgirlfriend.com. G, I don't know why, but I have a link now to. I'm gonna tweet it. I have a cloud girlfriend. All right, the best way to get a girlfriend is already have one. Oh, I, I'm married. I guess that counts. I'm gonna tweet it. What the hell? Let's give it away. No, my my actually my tool is insanely much more useful. It's the new uh, Google Guru, an instant messenger uh, Google thing of a gob. I don't know exactly what all it does.
3: It's, uh, a it's a bot. It's a Just bot. It goes back. As somebody said it goes back to two thousand one. Well, oh, this remember is, when bots were hot? Yeah, I used to have yeah, a. I, I used to
0: have bot. a Leo bot that uh, would yeah, get smarter. That's right, I forgot. Yeah, I had yeah. a Leo bot. It would get. I put it in the chat room. It would get smarter and smarter and smarter. And you could teach it. And uh, pretty soon, the chat room. Did. Anyway, this one. Uh, let me see if I can pull this up. Boy, I have too many buttons on here. So I'm in my instant messenger. It works with Gtalk. You add a guru at uh, google. Com to your. Um, your friends, and then you can ask it questions like weather. You said San Diego is nice, huh? San Diego. And it will tell you that it is mostly cloudy, 21 degrees centigrade. It'll be sunny yeah. uh, tomorrow, though.
2: It's a little a little cloudy today
0: for I us. I, I, but could, yes. I could do other stuff with this, but I don't know what it
3: is. I do
2: you like see? define in a word calculator?
3: Oh, I like that. But isn't that Google search?
2: It's Google search, but in an IM window basically okay. it's cute cute.
0: I think maybe I should go back to cloudgirlfriend.com I makes you feel like
2: you have a friend who answers you or answers your chats it's
0: kind of one or the other you can have a guru or a girlfriend Gina Trapani thank you for being here Gina is at smarterware.org the founder of Lifehacker and uh, of course she created thinkup thinkupapp.com how how long before people uh, can have their I mean I guess you can run your own server it you are, can
2: run your own server. One of our community members is talking about uh, creating a hosted version. i uh, oh, So if you're interested that. in that, please join us on the mailing list and let him know because he's kind of deciding whether or not he wants to, you know, launch something like that. So sign me be up, be, idiot,
3: idiot, want, here, idiot here wants to sign up that way.
2: All right, good to know. I'll pass on the word.
3: Uh, Jeff Jarvis,
0: <laughs> not idiot, not an idiot, is the author of What Would Google Do, and is and is going to go right back to his typewriter and finish. Editing his book so that we can see public parts soon in a bookstore near you. He's also blogging at buzzmachine.com. Thanks for being here, Jeff. Thank you for having me. Gina, I just saw that this was going to be your tip, Google Talk Guru.
2: It was. i I'm decided sorry. to to to, leave, to clear the way for you.
0: Oh man, <laughs> yeah, because okay. I frankly I'm very light on tips. Well, frankly, she she got a better tip than you did, Leo. Yeah, so. actually, I liked her tip. Her tip was yeah. actually useful. Yeah, <laughs> mine was just an IM am tell you the weather in San Diego. I mean, look at his that. <laughs> <laughs> I have
2: Gita a soft spot won. for IM bots, I am bots. Like I did too. Uh, I very actually 2001, but still,
0: I have a category in my IM for bots.
2: Oh, well, you I talk you are to dedicated. a lot of bots.
0: <laughs> I'm going to make another Leo bot. That was fun. When you're lonely, you go to your bots or your girlfriend. Or your imaginary social media girlfriend. Thank you for being here, everybody. This show uh, airs every, or records every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. So you can watch it live at live.twit.tv. And it's always a lot of fun. Uh, Of course, if you didn't get to see it live, you can always download it at Google. I'm sorry, at uh, twit.tv slash... Soon, Leo. Soon, the Google will have it. Actually, Google used to have a podcasting. I guess they still have a kind of a podcasting service. Nobody uses it through Google IG. Uh, But best way to go, twit.tv slash TWIG. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time on This Week in Google.